I'm Nicole Antoinette, and this is Real Talk Radio, a podcast filled with honest conversations about everything. In this little mini-sode, my dear friend Julia and I, Julia Hanlon, we share our words of the year for 2021, why we chose those words, how we plan to actually honor them in our everyday lives instead of just choosing these fancy words and then not doing anything with them. Uh, Julia is someone that you'll likely recognize from her multiple past appearances on Real Talk Radio, both me interviewing her and her interviewing me, or you might know her from the beautiful archives of her own show, Running on Ohm. Each month, Julia is also my partner in creating an audio series that lots of you love. It's called Real Talk Reflections, and it's where we share the real-time wins and challenges of our lives. We talk about the lessons we're learning, what goals we're working toward, what goals we're totally failing and giving up on, (laughs) questions we're asking ourselves, and the real moves that we're making in regard to money, self-care, you know, work, relationships, that kind of stuff. The monthly series that we do, it's released exclusively within my Patreon community, and lots of folks over there say it is their favorite part of being in the community. So you can find all of that at patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette if you would like to check it out. And in the meantime, here's the mini-sode. Other than our words of the year, we also talk about some specific ways in which we're bringing more ease into our lives this year, as well as how we plan to be kinder to our bodies and what we hope that that is going to look like. It's a short and sweet episode, and it ends with a fill-in-the-blank prompt that says, 2021 will finally be the year that I fill in the blank. So 2021 will finally be the year that you what? Julia and I share about that. I hope you enjoy listening. Happy New Year, Julia. Yay. It's 2021. That feels like a fake Jetsons year, to be honest with you. Like when I hear 2021, I'm like, that's not that's not a real number that a year is. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds very fake. True. It's kind of like 2021 is like a leap year, but it's I don't even know if there's a leap. It's a leap year, but it's kind of just like a whole leap year, if that makes sense. I know, right? Yeah, I think technically it is not. Last year was a leap year, I think. But I know what you mean, right? That feeling of like, what even is this? So we're going to dive right in. What's your word of the year for 2021 and why? Tell me about that. Okay, so my word is focus. And me last year probably would have laughed at me this year for my word, but it really did resonate with me. And why I chose focus was Right now I'm in grad school and I'm really focused on that. And I just want to kind of hone the focus of my life to what I'm learning, what I'm cultivating and creating. And with my graduate studies, with my future work as a psychotherapist, with my yoga teaching, like just staying really focused on what is it I want to create with my life right now and for my future and continue to ask myself that question every day as I make choices. Because I'm someone who has a hard time saying no. And so seeing focus is a way of also me kind of saying no to and yes at the same time. Mm, Yeah, because you can't be focused on everything all of the time. It's not possible. Totally. What is your word for 2021 and why? It's funny when you said that like last year you would have kind of (laughs) – I don't know, rolled your eyes or whatever at your word choice. I very much feel the same way for mine. Um, My word of the year is fun. Ah, and even I have like some feelings about that. I feel like I should pick like a more serious word, which obviously is like how I know that I should be picking fun. I'm picking it and like setting it as an intention, honestly, just because it's something that I want more of in my life. It's something that doesn't come naturally to me, which maybe sounds silly, right? Like having fun doesn't come naturally to me, but I don't know. 
my when I was reflecting, knowing we were going to have this conversation, my strongest past associations with what I think of as really carefree fun are from before I got sober. And realizing that I had come to associate fun with drinking, which essentially was abandoning myself. So I was like, well, the only way I can have fun is if I abandon myself. Something in that like didn't feel good. And as you and I talked about almost five years ago when you interviewed me for my five-year sobriversary, it's wild that that was so long ago. Oh one, that was one of the things I was struggling with. Like, how do I have fun without drinking? And it's a question that I've definitely started to answer in the years since, which has been excellent. But this coming spring, I hope to be celebrating my 10-year soberversary. And I'm using that upcoming milestone as a chance to just like recommit to fun experiences that don't require me to hurt myself or others. I love that. And as you speak, I can almost like feel and hear the smile in your voice. As you said the word fun, I was almost imagining like a child Nicole coming out, which I love. Well, yeah. I mean, that brings us to our next question, which maybe I I can go ahead and and answer. The question is, what are some specific things that you're going to change or start doing or stop doing or just commit to doing differently in order to live in alignment with the chosen word? Because I feel like if I look at years past, sometimes I pick the word And then I like forget about the word or I don't actually, picking the word isn't necessarily enough for me. It's about how am I going to implement it, you know, like in daily life. Totally. So how are you going to do it? Well, first of all, not getting too serious about the intention of fun, right? LOL, LOL. <laughs> like, there's no need to make it into a whole thing, right? Like, I need my 10-step plan to have more fun. Like, that's like sort of not the point. <laughs> oh, how am I going to have more fun? So... Well, first of all, I was recently, I started watching the show Outlander. Have you seen that? No. It's great, but is like pretty serious and heavy and like dramatic and lots of bad things happen. And every time I watched it, I would feel bad. And so a couple of days ago, I just gave myself permission to stop watching it. Like I'm not having fun watching it, so stop watching it. And maybe that sounds like a strange first example, but just to be more attentive in real time to like something that's optional that I'm choosing to do that isn't fun. You know, I don't necessarily have to do it. But I think I think fun's going to change a lot throughout the year as COVID evolves and as vaccinations become more widespread. Like what I do for fun in July will likely be pretty different from what I'm doing now. And that's okay. But I found that in 2020, what I bumped up against was this feeling of like I had to wait to have fun and I don't want to have to wait until July or whenever in order to have fun. So some of the small things, right, like not finishing books that I don't like, you know, going for lighter media overall, like reading light, funny books, using colorful pens in my planner. Um, I bought myself a fancy little nail polish kit. I haven't painted my own nails in I mean, at least 15 years and I'm terrible at it. Like my nails look atrocious, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So that feels fun. Um, Hiking, snowshoeing. uh, Pretty soon, my partner and I are going to have a little winter evening bonfire. So mostly just like trying to look for smaller moments of fun to infuse in my life. And then also in my business, it's definitely a business goal for me too. And everything from using more silly gifts in my emails, being more playful with guests on the podcast, adding dance parties to all of my live events and workshops, uh, a lot of things that I am hoping to try to have more fun. I love it. And I love that there's just like this also, this element of spontaneity. So by you saying fun is intention, you know, it's going to start to sneak up in you every day in little ways that you may not expect. And I'm hopeful that also it'll mean that I say yes to different things, or I'm at least more attuned to opportunities, or maybe something that I would tend to shut down or say, oh, that's not for me, right? That class or that workshop or that activity or that 
whatever it is, I think I'm really quick to put myself in a box of I'm not someone who does that. And sometimes that can serve me, but I'm interested in being more open-minded in the things that I try and experiment with and being able to say like, well, maybe it'll be fun, right? Like that's, that's helpful. What about for you? What are some specific things that you are going to change or start doing or stop doing or commit to doing differently for your word of focus? Yeah. So as far as focusing, um, there's some areas in which I want to grow as in my yoga teaching and in my work as a future therapist. And so for me, focusing has been starting actually more education. So right now, as we speak this weekend, I'm in a prenatal yoga and doula certification training program that I'm so, so excited about. And then I also am applying to um, become certified in a style of therapy called internal family systems. And so focusing is just expanding my toolbox of in the ways that I want. Focusing on myself is going to also look like stop comparing myself to other people in terms of specifically people's injury resilience. So I have a t- history of being injured a lot. And I notice on a daily basis, my mind will go towards comparing myself to friends and people I know who are a lot more uh, injury resilient than I am and thinking about, wow, I wish I could run every day or I wish I could do that with my body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I really like one of my intentions with focusing is coming back to myself, my unique gifts, what, how grateful I am I can move my body in the ways that I can. And so that has been um, a daily practice for me and has been coming up for me a lot in my internal dialogue and like refocusing essentially where my brain goes. Yeah, it's so interesting because it's almost like the dual meaning of focus, right? Whether really focused let's say at school, right? Or focusing your interests into something that's more of like a sharper laser beam and what you want to study or get certified for. But then it's also that question of what are you focusing on? Like, where are you putting your attention and directing it away from comparison and to towards something else? There's like, there's layers of meaning there that are really lovely. Yeah. Thank you for reflecting that back to me. How might you bring more ease into your life this year? Yeah, I love this question for us to talk about. And obviously for anyone listening, you know, these couple of questions that we're going through, maybe they are fun prompts for you to use. But yeah, this question of how might you bring more ease into your life this year? Ease for me is synonymous with spaciousness, not feeling rushed, not operating from a sense of urgency, being intentional and more proactive with my time and energy instead of, you know how it feels when you're just like really chaotic and reactive. It feels like everything's coming at you and you're not really doing anything on purpose. Like that doesn't feel like ease to me. So I think being deeply realistic about my current capacity at any given moment, that's the key way for me to create more ease for myself. There's, you know, maybe the ideal me and her ideal day that I keep on a pedestal. And maybe some days I'll be able to meet that, but it's just not my capacity every day. And measuring myself to that standard doesn't help me to bring more ease. So I'm interested in just checking in with myself about like, what's my current capacity at any, you know, on any given day, practice changing plans, adjusting commitments as needed, you know, based on my capacity when that's possible and adopting what feels like a more humane approach to every aspect of my life and business and not being so rigid. Something I've been thinking about a lot is my tendency to equate rigidity with safety, where I think, you know, as long as I have the perfect plan, right, then everything's going to be okay. Or if I, 
you know, make the little check boxes in my planner and I check them off every single day, then I'm not going to be disappointed or nothing bad's going to happen. Like I look to this rigid life model, which doesn't feel fun and it doesn't feel easeful because I think that it's going to protect me. I think that it's going to stop me from getting hurt. I think it's going to protect me from failure. I think, you know, all of these different things, which isn't to say that gentle structure can't be really useful, but not mistaking rigidity for safety is something that I'm thinking about a lot. And I think that that opens up more space for ease. Yes. And I love that distinction you brought forth of the proactive versus the reactive. And I think with that, there's a real like sense of self-trust I'm hearing and taking a more humane approach where you're not having to almost like hold yourself on a leash so tightly, but you're really trusting in yourself and in your innate capacity. Given that you're someone who knows me really well and has for a long time, I can't tell you how meaningful it is to hear that because that's something that even a couple of years ago and definitely, you know, eight to 10 years ago would not have been true. I had to have myself on such a tight leash because I didn't trust myself at all. So yes, maybe this is born out of self-trust. So that makes me feel like a little bit emotional and very good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying that because I've known you for a long time and that I've seen you evolve in this way. And I've never heard such clarity in your voice as to like wanting to kind of throw away the shackles of parts of yourself that have held yourself in that tight leash. So I'm excited for you, girl. When I did the math of when you interviewed me for my five-year soberversary, that that was almost five years ago. I was like, what happened? What is time? So yeah, it's it's been a while. Ugh, how how about you? How might you bring some more ease into your life this year? Which I think is a particularly interesting question for you, given that we sometimes think that focus and ease might not go together. Yeah, totally. Well, coming back to like the comparison part in refocusing essentially my energy. Over the past week, I've deactivated my personal Instagram account. Also, when I decided to take an indefinite break from my podcast, Running a Gnome, I deactivated that account. And honestly, not being on social media has created so much more spaciousness, as you spoke to, of what is ease, spaciousness. And for me, it's spaciousness in my mental space, so that I'm not thinking about what everyone else is doing on social media. I recently listened to a podcast last week where they were speaking to how, I don't know the science of this, I'm by no means an anthropologist or sociologist, but like back in the day, days and days and years and years ago, like people usually would only interact with 100 to 200 people. So that was your whole community of people you were engaging with. And now through social media, we're interacting with millions of people and seeing millions of people. And for me, I'm a really sensitive person. And so Right now, just kind of in reclaiming my focus, it's bringing more ease through not consuming so many other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I think a lot about Cal Newport's definition of solitude is as freedom from other people's minds. Mm, It's like there's something in that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay. And I also want to just be clear in that bringing more ease is also that flexibility. So when I do decide, okay, I want to go back on Instagram, I will. And there's no hard and fast rules about it right now. But today, it's felt really useful to not have it. Well, I mean, there's definitely alignment in, in both of our answers. This Because what you're saying about there not necessarily being rules and it being a fluid thing, that's the not mistaking rigidity for safety. It's not, I can never go on social media again if I want to feel easeful. Maybe that's the case, but that feels really harsh to me. You don't know what you're going to want at another chapter of your life, potentially. And I think something else that I didn't mention, but that I could, a way to create ease is to really lean into the season of life that I'm in when I'm in it. And sometimes it feels really joyful to be on Instagram and sometimes it doesn't. And can I let that sort of cyclical nature of things be okay? 
Yes. Amen. Mm. So another question that we're going to reflect and share on, how might you be kinder to your body this year? What would that look like for you? Mm. Yeah, the, definitely two things come up for me. Um, one of them is trying to have at least one morning a week that I don't wake up to an alarm. Um, my life is usually really busy. Morning times are busy with teaching or getting my own movement in, so I usually have to have a really early alarm. But um, as much as I possibly can, trying to have one morning, it's just kind of like a sacred morning where I'm able to wake up naturally and I know my body and mind would will thank myself for that. And then being kinder to my body, um, something I've just been continuing to do in my life with yoga is just practicing more restorative yoga, um, really slowing down, even if it's five minutes of being in one pose, letting that be just a practice that nourishes me. So I don't know if that's necessarily different than 2020 because I still do did that in 2020, but I just want to continue that practice because um, I know it really serves me doing more yin. Yeah. Also, I love when you said it's something that you were doing in 2020 and that you're going to continue. I think that it's really easy to get caught in, it's a new year. I have to do everything totally different. Why? That's completely arbitrary and not true. If something's working, why not continue doing the thing that's working? Yes. Yeah. How might be you? How might you be kinder to your body this year? The question I've been thinking about in this regard and asking myself, I actually have it written on a little card above my desk, is what would I do if I truly loved myself? And I don't mean that in this like big existential way, like what would I do with my whole life if I love myself? Like that's too much pressure. I mean it more as a way to guide the, the sort of moment to moment decisions. And the answer to the question often takes me back to how I treat my body. You know, do I take the time to plan, shop for, and prepare meals that make me feel good? Those are things that I would do if I loved myself. Do I stretch and do the PT exercises that I know at least help to prevent injury? Those are things that I would do if I loved myself. You know, do I give myself what I need at night to ease my nervous system so that I can prepare for sleep? All of those are things that I would do if I loved myself. And yet they're often things that I don't want to do. It's sort of acknowledging that the most loving thing that I can do for myself is not always the thing that I want to do in the moment and being able to hold that tension. And also, you know, not weaponizing it against yourself either where it's like, well, I didn't do PT today. So obviously I don't love myself. Like that's not what I'm saying. Right? It's like not, it's not an excuse to be harsh with yourself, but it's, it's sort of this question just helps me open up a little more space around. I'm not really in the mood to go grocery shopping, but tomorrow me is going to be very grateful to wake up in the morning and there's food in the fridge to eat. It's sort of that type of thing. And so when I think about being kinder to my body this year, it's about loving myself in the ways that I like to be loved, those really physical ways, those things I can do for myself that are often incredibly unsexy and that I would maybe not want to do. And then perhaps tying this back to the like beginning of the conversation, how can I make those things more fun? They don't have to be fun, right? Like I cannot be in the mood to do something and I can still do it, but maybe on the drive to the grocery store, I'm going to, you know, listen to a couple favorite songs or just little ways to make the things that I don't want to do more fun. If I'm kind of dreading doing PT, can I watch something I really want to watch on Netflix at the same time or listen to a podcast or I'm a big fan of bribing myself to do things that I don't want to do. So that's sort of what I'm thinking about when I think about what being kind my body looks like. Awesome. I'm all about listening to podcasts while doing PT. That is how I get myself to do my exercises. So mm. yes, yes. Yeah, it makes it fun. Yes. So what will 2021 finally be the year of 
for you. Yeah, yeah, I love this. So our little fill in the blank is 2021 will finally be the year that I blank. So 2021 will finally be the year that I start saving money to take a grown-up gap year. I don't know. Have we talked about this? No, tell me. Okay. I feel like we're going to have to talk about this on one of our monthly reflections episodes. So you know the premise of a gap year, right? It's most commonly done by you know, folks, let's say in the UK or Australia, you know, other places, it's not as much of a US thing, but between high school and college, right around age 18, a lot of folks will take a gap year if they're able to do so, you know, travel, do other things, just not go from school to school to school. And that was not, I mean, it's not something that I would have had the resources to do. To be honest, it's not something that I even knew existed at that age. I was put on a very sort of strict path. You go to the best college that you get into. You know, you do this, you do this, you do this. It was only really after college that I put myself on this more non-traditional path. And I have often thought about the sort of missed opportunity of not doing that. And then I started thinking, what if I took a grown-up gap year? What would that look like? Why does it have to be a thing that you can only do when you're 18? I feel like I'd enjoy it way more at, you know, 36 or 37 or whatever. And so I have no idea when that's going to be possible, but I would like this to be the year that I start saving money, like put open a little savings account just to put money in towards taking a grown-up gap year. I love it. And I'm very excited to dig a little deeper into this gap year. I have many follow-up questions I will save. <laughs> okay. Well, we will talk about those in our, in our Patreon series for sure. What about you? 2021 will finally be the year that you what? Stay injury-free. And I realize there's also, with that, I mean, there's a lot that you can't control as far as getting injured. And in my journey, a lot of times, even when I've had the best intentions with my body, I've gotten injured. But it would be such, such a gift to not have any major injury this year. And I, as far as what can I do to make that possible, being really balanced, I think, in my training and really holistic and how I'm using my body and also taking time to do things like PT and strength and yoga and just continuing to, again, keep the focus on what my body can handle, I think is going to be key to staying injury-free. Yeah, this reminds me of something that I talked about with my friend Carrie when she was on the podcast, this idea of control the controllables that, mm. like you said, you can't ultimately control whether you get injured or not. You just can't. But it do, it's it's like that. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's like, well, if I can't control it, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything. That's not true either. It's what can I control? And then can I be focused on those things with some grace in it? And I hear a lot of that in what you're saying. Yes. Mm. These are beautiful. Anything else that you want to share as we wrap up our little mini-sode? This was awesome. I can't believe we recorded that episode five years ago. It makes me feel really old, but I'm also just really excited to get this opportunity to just dive in with you as always. It's always a gift. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And wishing you a year of focus, maybe for both of us, fun and focus, right? A combined year of fun and focus. And for everyone who is listening, hopefully these little prompts are useful for you as well. If anyone wants to share their word of the year, I would love to hear that. I am very nosy and curious about what you all are doing. So thank you everyone for listening. And thank you so much, Julia. Yay. And that's our show for today. Our music is by Adam Day, who also handles our sound editing. Thanks, Adam. You're the best. And huge thanks as well to every single member of our Patreon community for making this honest conversation, this entire podcast, and so much of my other work, like my twice-weekly personal essay newsletter called Good Question, possible. 
Your monthly funding allows me to keep creating resources and gatherings for folks who crave honest conversations, both with themselves and others. And I fully believe that these conversations can change our lives, our relationships, and our world. To join us, just come on over to patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette. Our community operates on a shame-free sliding scale, so you can feel good about supporting this work from within your own means. So I'll see you over in the Patreon community, yeah? And until next time, I want you to know three things. First, that you are enough. Second, that you are not alone. And third, that I'm totally rooting for you. (laughs) 